0: 7, 22, Hebrews 7, 22 through 25, thank you tonight for all of our guests that are here we didn't acknowledge early but thank God for you being here, I pray that God's uh, blessing and favors upon your life and uh, if you can keep hanging around this wild bunch, God's going to change your life, I guarantee, if you keep hanging around this wild bunch, it's going to rub off on you if you let it, if you let it. Thank you, Lord. All right, Hebrews 7, 22 through 25. Y'all have that? Yes, sir. All right, let's read all together. Ready, read. By so much more, Jesus has become a surety of a better covenant. Also, there were many priests because they were prevented by death from continuing. But he, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for the word we're about to receive. Speak now from heaven. We've ministered to you. Lord, minister to us tonight. We pray in Jesus' name, so be it. Amen Amen. and amen. All right, tonight we're on part two of Save to the Uttermost. Save to the Uttermost. Everybody say, Save to the Uttermost. Save to the Uttermost. I began this on Sunday, and I was sharing with you how one of the greatest uh, barriers, one of the greatest uh, impediments, if you allow that, to Kingdom Advancement is religion. Yes, I'm about to say religion. religion. Because the religious mindset, what it does always is set limitations and caps on God's people. Yes, yes. Religion always tells you what you can't do, right. and what you can't have and what you can't be and where you can't go. And so when people are trapped in a religious mindset, their their lives Uh, Never materialize into what God Intended for it to to become Uh I gave you a scripture in Mark chapter 7 Verse 13 where Jesus talked about traditions Of men he said to the people the Pharisees He says you make the word of God Of no effect through your tradition Which you have handed down and many such things You do So notice that that tradition Everybody say tradition. tradition Tradition nullifies The effect of the word of God In other words, when you, now you gotta be careful even modern day because normally we think of tradition, we think of old school, you know, what we grew up on but you can sometimes get locked into modern day tradition. Brian. You can do things your way that you've been doing it for the last six months Brian. and you sort of pre- try to predict God Brian. and you box God in and tell, say this is the way God operates and you don't know how God's going to operate today you can't control God. He's the sovereign one, not you. Right? So we got to be careful of traditions in, uh, because they will cause uh, limitations on the lives of God's people. Amen? Amen? Remember I gave you the, we talked about the parable of the sower. And you see that parable in Matthew 13. You see it also in Mark 4. You see it also in Luke chapter 8, the four grounds, right? Uh, The wayside ground, the thorny ground, the stony ground, the wayside ground, the stony ground, the thorny ground, and then the good ground. The good ground, you got 30, 60, and even 100-fold increase. And so what I told you is that what you see from that with the wayside ground where there was never any fruit at all to the good ground where you got up to 100-fold, you saw a spectrum there of no fruit to maximum fruit. You saw nothing to uh, what I want to call uttermost manifestation. And that's what God wants you and me to have, is uttermost manifestation. Are you getting this tonight? Now, there's a scripture we also looked at, and we're going to go right to the Passion Translation. I'm reviewing here real quick. Matthew 23, verse 13. Matthew 23, 13, in the Passion, where Jesus says this. He says, great sorrow awaits you religious scholars and you Pharisees. Whenever you see Pharisees, just think religious people, okay? He says, such frauds and pretenders. <laughs> he just called it like it was. You do all you can to keep people from experiencing the reality of heaven's kingdom realm. So notice he says here, and I'll focus on this, that there is a reality of heaven's kingdom realm. Now remember I told you heaven, heaven's kingdom, the kingdom of heaven is not the place. It's the realm. When you and I leave this earth, we're going to go to heaven. Headquarters, the place. But Jesus Christ said in Luke 17, 17, 21, the kingdom is within you. So the kingdom already is in, in us now. Or it's among us now. So there's a reality of heaven's kingdom realm that you and I should be experiencing right here on this earth. Back in Deuteronomy, he said he said that you, you and I should have, have days of heaven upon the earth. Got it? Glory to God. Now, so... Most Christians, unfortunately, will leave this planet having never experienced the reality of heaven on earth. Good people love the Lord, serve God, but never experience the fullness, if you allow that, that's probably a better way to say it, the fullness of heaven's reality on this earth. And that's not how God wants us to live. you got it? Now, remember I told you that although all Christians have saving faith, because to be a Christian, you have to have saving faith. You have faith to get saved. Not all Christians have healing faith or prosperity faith. We learned last week, definitely it's very rare for Christians to have paymaster faith. That that paymaster faith where you're gonna be a steward, be a manager in the kingdom of God. So not many people have this healing faith. Or prosperity faith And the level or the type of faith you have Will determine the type of faith that The type of life you experience And the type of life that, like, that you spread to others In other words, watch this People who only have salvation faith They know how to get people saved But they don't know how to get people healed Because all they have is salvation faith they don't know how to believe God for healing. So if they don't know how to believe God for healing, they certainly don't know how to get anybody else healed. And yet that's part of our job. Are y'all asleep already? It's part of our job to get people healed. But if you don't have faith for healing, you can't get people healed. Okay, now let's go a little further. Prosperity faith. I'm talking about financial prosperity faith. If you don't have faith... To, to walk with God and believe God for financial prosperity, then you certainly won't have faith, to the, the ability to teach anybody else how to prosper financially. Because all you have is salvation faith, or all you have is salvation and healing faith. Because there are people who have healing faith, but they don't have prosperity faith. They don't believe that that's part of God's plan, that God, that's God's, part of God's redemption plan. Almost as if... Um, Uh, God he wanted you saved But you got to do something different To get prosperity or healing But it's all one package Right If you go to Chick-fil-A and order the number one Don't you expect fries I'm not telling you to do that I'm just telling you but if you did Come on you're trying to cut that stuff Out of your diet right But if you did Wouldn't you expect fries Wouldn't you expect a drink Because it's a combination package. When Christ redeemed us, when he paid the price, he paid for everything. He paid for our salvation. He paid for our healing. He paid for our prosperity. Why? Because those are the three things that were lost in the Garden of Eden. Those are the very three things that were lost in the Garden of Eden. So Jesus Christ came to restore all that. That's why the Bible calls Jesus Christ the last, come on, the last Adam. Because he came to completely restore everything Adam had lost. Adam lost, the Bible says uh, we we know Adam experienced spiritual death from sin. We know that he experienced, uh, he began to die physically. And we know he lost his prosperity. Kicked out of the garden, he had to now go work and toil the rest of his life. Are you seeing that? Are y'all seeing that? Are you sure? Okay, so Christ, Jesus came to restore all of that. So the kind of life, faith that you have will determine the kind of faith or life that you live and you spread out to other people. Y'all with me? Yes, sir. Okay, now remember I talked about two different t- uh, types of faith on uh, Sunday morning. I know this is a review, but it's worth it. I talked about common faith. Everybody say common faith. Paul talked about in Titus chapter one, verse four. It says to Titus, a true son in our common faith. So the common faith is what all Christians have. Common faith. It's, you're born again, it's the common everyday faith for all Christians, the common faith. We have that in common. And guess what kind of life you live when you have just common faith, a common life. Many Christians, I don't want to say most, I just know many Christians never grow up and develop past um, carnal Christianity. And so because they don't develop past carnal Christianity they don't discern the things of the spirit right they're never never mature enough to walk in the things of God and because they're carnal they live like mere men carnal people's lives are no different than unbelievers lives because they never renew their minds to the things of God are y'all hearing me tonight I I feel like I lost y'all 10 minutes ago you sure Okay carnal people because they don't renew their minds Still live their lives exactly like the world lives And still experience every single issue That the world experiences You are not supposed to be a believer And grow up in maturing God And still be dealing with the same stuff That the world deals with And even if you face a struggle a, 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 a Opposition from the enemy You don't deal with it the same way the world deals with it you can go to God in prayer. Yeah. He can work it out. Yeah. Yes, he can, right? He can. And so you know, yeah. Priscilla, help me out. You know how to, how to get through these things, amen? You, you know how to walk in your joy and in your power and your anointing. All right, I'm going to just keep preaching. Then we talked about the second type of faith in 2 Peter 1. What is it? Like precious faith. 2 Peter 1.1, it says to those, this is Peter, Simon Peter, to those who have obtained Like precious faith. Now, precious faith means it's rare. Like precious. Now, we saw common faith, but then we see like precious or like rare faith, and you had to obtain it. It wasn't given like in Romans 12 3. You know, in Romans 12 3, we've all received the measure of faith. All right. We've all received the measure of faith. but you don't, you don't receive precious faith. You have to obtain precious faith. You have to obtain rare faith. So as opposed to living a common life with common faith, you can now live a rare life with rare faith. Y'all missed that. As opposed to living a common life with common faith, you can live a rare life because you have a rare faith. Not everybody has healing faith. Come on now. Even few people have prosperity faith. And it's extremely rare to have paymaster faith. Everybody's not going to get it. Few there be that find it. Glory to God. Thank you Lord Jesus. So I want to live a rare life. I want to live a rare life. I live a rare life already. Yes. Yes. I live a rare life already. Yes, and my goal is to train up more people, teach more people, help more people live a rare life. So that you become the oddball. The oddball in your family, the oddball in your neighborhood, the oddball at your job, the oddball in your community. So odd that you stick out like a sore thumb. Because when you stick out like a sore thumb, then others will see you and they have to start asking, what must I do to be saved? Do y'all remember in Acts chapter 16? Let me see if I can wake up the rest of y'all. In Acts 16, when Paul and Silas were thrown in jail in Philippi, right? Because they're preaching the gospel and they cast this demon out, this girl. The folk didn't like it. They cast Paul and Silas in prison. And rather than sitting there moping and crying and nobody knows the trouble I see and going through, the Bible says they were praying and praising God. Praying and praising God. Somehow, I I believe all day long, the Bible doesn't say that, but we know this is what they did. Prayed and praised God. And the Bible says, and at midnight, while they were still praying and praising God, an earthquake happened, rocked the whole joint, had a rock house in the prison. Shook the doors, shook the, the, the shackles and the chains, loose them, set them free, and the jailer was about to kill himself because he knew he was he was under watch. If he lost those prisoners, his life would be killed in he would be killed anyway. So he's just going to commit suicide and, and cut to the chase. And they said, "Hold up! Don't hurt yourself. We are still here." And when he saw them. His words to them were not, well, how y'all still here? Or how'd y'all do this? His words, his question was to them, what must I do to be saved? Why? Because they saw rare faith at work that produced a rare experience that they had never seen before. And he said, what must I do? When you live a rare life through your rare faith, people will look at you and say, what must I do to be saved? But if you live a common life with your common faith and you don't stand out, you don't stick out. If you're moping like the rest of the world, crying like the rest of the world, weeping like the rest of the world, sad like the rest of the world, going through anger like the rest of the world, shout like the rest of the world, you're not not rare, you're common. You know what they're going to say? Their question for you will be, why would I want to go to church? Why would I want to get saved? because your life doesn't look any different than anybody else's life. I wish I had some witnesses in this place tonight. But when you live a rare life, by your rare faith, you're gonna stick out like a sore thumb. You're gonna stand out in the crowd. That's why we're trying to get our youth to stand out. That's why they call stand out youth. We don't want our youth being common, acting like all the other youth around town. Doing the same thing, drinking the same thing, listening to the same thing, watching the same thing, dressing the same way, got the same hairstyle. I ain't gonna hit him on that. Apostle Derber hit him last week. I, the parents just didn't catch it. Apostle Derber hit it last week. The parents just didn't catch it because y'all y'all scared of y'all kids. But anyway. So when you look common, you look common, you don't stand out. If the kids at your school aren't asking, what must I do to be saved, then something's wrong. If people on your job aren't asking, what must I do to be saved, something's wrong. See? Now, I'm not saying you're going to hell or you're a sinner. What I'm saying is your, your life is not rare enough yet. You follow what I'm saying to you? So God needs us to stand out. Rare faith will produce a rare life in every way. Glory to God. Now, I want to show you something tonight because we talked about uh, Sunday. We subtitled Sunday's message, Obtaining Faith, right? Now, I want to show you some of this obtaining faith does. This obtaining, you know. Oh, I'm, I'm going to keep going. Come on, come on. Galatians chapter three. Galatians three. Galatians three. See, the Bible says as arrows in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of your youth. Parents, it's your responsibility to shoot your kids the way you want them to go. If you let them determine how they do everything, then they're, they're gonna end up in a mess and a wreck. And you, you know what I was telling my wife this morning, Come on. I, I, we were talking about, you know, we were talking about these millennials. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, yes, how many of y'all you know about the millennials? Yes. And we were talking about the millennials and and I brushed my teeth and, and all of a sudden this thought came to me. Somebody raised those millennials. Somebody millennials weren't born like that. Parents raised them to be that way. You know, everybody has these complaints and all these issues about millennials. Everybody, am I right about it? Millennials ain't gonna say no. I'm talking about the people not millennials. Am I right about it? We like, we try to figure out these people, this group, what in the world is wrong with these millennials? But what we gotta realize is, wait a minute. They weren't born like that. They were they were trained up in that way, and they did not depart from it. They were trained to be selfish. They were trained to think only about themselves. I'm just talking about what these things that people say millennials have, and they they were they were trained to you know expect everything to just work out. You know, be be comfortable for them. Everything's centered. That's just what. Well, they were raised like that. So I all of a sudden said, well, I'm not going to pick on the millennials no more. Talk about their parents. Talk about your mom. I'm talking about your daddy. Because somebody, somebody raised that. I know I'm right about it. I'm talking about it." Yeah, people, millennials got, their parents were scared of them. Millennial millennial parents, the parents would say something and the kids would buck back and the parents would back off. Not my mama. Not my daddy. I wasn't raised like that. If I even dared rise up against my mama, against my daddy, I used to get whoopings, whoopings, Whoopins. folks don't know about whoopings. Y'all got time out. Millennials used to get time out. We got whoopings. Millennials, they, they, their parents used to try to talk to them and reason things. My parents didn't reason nothing out with me. My, my parents, my parents would beat me and say, "You better give, give me a reason, I'm, I'm give a reason to cry." I'm gonna give you a reason to cry. I'm gonna give you a reason to cry. I'm already crying, mama. I'm already crying. You, you, know, you crying for You drop a tear on my. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, parents, as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, saw so the children of, of your youth. So you read that, that Psalm 127, for all the parents who think I'm making this up, Psalm 127. As arrows in the hand of a mighty man so are the children of, of your youth. So it's up to you how to point them and how far to stretch them. If you don't stretch them, they go... Pew. They'll go right there to your porch and be right back in your house. Because you didn't stretch them. Oh, Jesus, y'all don't like this. If you don't stretch them... They won't they won't go past your back room. They'll be in your back room all their lives because you didn't stretch them. And if you don't point them, then they go whatever direction feels good inside them. And your Bible says foolishness abounds in the, the heart of a child. And the of correction drive it far from them. Right? I don't know how we got on that. Oh, I'm talking about living a rare life. I don't want my children to be common. I don't want to be common. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, I wear this hairstyle because I want to be different. Different from who? Everybody wear that hairstyle now. You now you look just like every other. Apostle said, "Thug." You look like every other thug out there. Now your mama ain't gonna say no. I'm gonna say something to you. Your mama ain't gonna say no, I'm gonna keep saying something because I ain't scared of none of y'all. And I ain't scared of your mama. (laughs) (laughs) You look like every other thug out there. You just old school. I'm I'm rare. (laughs) Hallelujah. 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 We might as well be in a dick Y'all want me to pastor, 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 pastor Dad, dad, dad Till I say something, right? (laughs) Dad, dad, dad I'm going to change churches find one find one open you're welcome to it because your son is still in, end up in prison or in your house See unless you unless you direct them and point them and challenge them, don't let them quit nothing. Okay, Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Let me finish this here. Just, just so the, I won't have to answer to the Lord on this. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Because so I want to show you, because remember now, faith, the kind of faith you have determines the kind of life you will experience and spread. So you've got to have a rare faith, and not everybody's faith will gain this kind of life that God wants us to, to, to have and enjoy. And to walk in. Say, okay, so y'all know Galatians three thirteen and 14, right? Okay, Christ has redeemed us from the what? Having become what? For it is written, come on. Keep going, verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham might, that we might receive, come on. Okay, now go back to the beginning of verse 13. Beginning of verse 13. I want you to see two actions here that are very important. Number one, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. So there's an action on his part. Christ has redeemed us. Now let's look at verse 14 because there's an action on our part. Through faith. So there's believing. It starts with Christ's action. It ends with our action. Through faith. So what Christ did is only appropriated to us or received by us through faith. So he has done his part and it's up to you and me to do our part. You got it? He's done his part. Now I must apply my faith to receive what he's done for me. Now if I do that or because he's done his part and I do my part, Two results come from that. Verse 14. Verse 14. I want you to see this clearly as two results. Because what I tell you at the beginning, religion caps or limits what you experience in this life. And religion has taught this to be one result. Verse 14. They'll teach, well, he's done, done all this, that you might receive the blessing of Abraham might, that come, to, uh, come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that you might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. They call the blessing of Abraham the promise of the Spirit. But let's just, any, any person with a basic understanding of the English language who can read the English language and understand uh, punctuation will see clearly see there are two results here. In fact, when you see the word that, most times you can throw another word before that and put the word soul. So let's go back to verse four, 13. I'm going to let y'all go home on this one here. Y'all mad at me now. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, curse everyone who hangs on a tree, so that the blessing of Abraham, come on, so that you see two results now this isn't one result and the one result that the religious bunch makes this they, they minimize the blessing of Abraham to something spiritual they don't mark this and see it as it clearly is two results so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon you so that you might receive the promise of the spirit through faith now, both things are done through faith. You got it? Right. The blessing comes on you because you believe it. Right. And you receive the promise of the Spirit because you believe. You got it? Yes, sir. Now, those of you that can clearly see this as two actions, I want to show you the difference in the two. Because remember, oh, now what, what am I preaching tonight? Saved. To the uttermost, part two. Y'all were so close. Y'all were like really close. Save. we'll start over. Okay, start over. What are we preaching tonight? Save to the uttermost. Part two. Part deux. Okay. So, so I'm talking about save to the uttermost. As by the time I get to this on Sunday or whenever, the Lord, let us finish this whole thing. I want to show you he wants to completely save you. And it goes beyond just being born again. It's complete salvation to the uttermost, to the highest. I'm going to define that on Sunday. I got it on here, but I don't have time. I'm going to define uttermost for you, dictionary and Greek, what it means to be uttermost saved. Because remember what I told you, we call Jesus Christ the last Adam. So he's he's trying to get us back to Adam. Back to Eden. Back to the garden. Back to where Adam and Eve enjoyed the uttermost life. Oh, my, 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 my. I wouldn't miss Sunday if the if my mama passed away. I would to say it like that. You had to make it something that you can really grip. It. So, what I want you to see is that Jesus, because He redeems from the curse, He covered two areas: the blessing of Abraham was and is financial and material. Oh my. The problems of the spirit is spiritual. Religion made it one thing and made it all spiritual. But it's not. Caleb, you can see that, it's two that's in there. It's two that's, so that. It's clearly two, two results. Is it, is it clear to y'all? Yes. There's clearly two results. One is financial and material. The other is spiritual. One lots you or allots you passage, entry into heaven and enjoying a spiritual life. The other is so that you can survive and maintain on this planet. And begin to walk in. Oh, Jesus. You know, Abraham's blessing wasn't the first blessing. The first one was Adam's blessing. But Adam blew it. Then the Noah came along in Genesis 8, and God blessed him. But he died. But God found a friend in Abraham, and he gave him the blessing. And the Bible says that that blessing comes on the Gentiles. Put, put Genesis 28, I'm already past 9 o'clock. Genesis 28 on the screen. Let's go verses 1 and, and 2, maybe 1 through 3. We'll see. Genesis 28. Uh, through, we're going to go through 4. Then, then Isaac called Jacob and blessed him. Y'all know Isaac, right? Who was is Isaac? Who was is Isaac? Abraham's son. Isaac called Jacob, that's Isaac's son, Abraham's grandson, and did what? Did what? And charged him and said to him, don't go take one of, you, one of them heathen wives out there now. Don't go marry no girl because she's f- some fine Canaanite woman. Don't go do that. They'll drag you out of, the, out of this thing. God's got something for you, son. Don't go get one of them. Y'all listen to me, all y'all fellas? They ain't saying nothing. Chris, you listen to me? Don't go find one of them old ones because, okay. No, get All right, verse, verse 2. Verse 2. Arise, arise, go to go to the church, to the house of your uh, spiritual mama and your dad and find one right up in the congregation. Don't go dragging some stranger, aunt. Dad, can can you get him saved? Can, can you get a saved? She cute, but can you get her saved for me? No, I can't get her saved. All, right. All right, I'm just messing with you. Okay, and and take his of a wife from there of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. All right, verse 3, watch this. Watch this. Watch this. May God Almighty do what? And make you what? And just like you told Adam. Just like you told Noah. So we're watching the blessing of Abraham here that you may be an assembly of peoples and give you. Shout it out loud. Shout it one more time to you and your descendants with you, here's what it'll do. Oh, come on. And it says it's going to get them saved and filled with the Holy Ghost oh. is that you may inherit yeah. the land in which you are a stranger, yeah. which God gave to Abraham. The blessing of Abraham is purely financial and material. Yeah. Come on. Purely. Purely. Well, then people say, well, you think you think that's all God's has heard about is finances and material? No. Let's go to the other half of the promise. Galatians 3.14. Go back put Galatians 3.14 back on the screen. Because he said, "You the blessing of Abraham comes upon you, but here's the second part of it. That you, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So this covers the spiritual side of it. It's a total blessing. It's a total package, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, Jesus. Let me just run down the, the, the promise of the Spirit. John 7, 37 through 39. No, I already read that. We read John 37 through 39 tonight, right? Yes, About out of your belly flowing rivers of living water. Give me Acts 1, 4 through 5. Acts 1, 4 through 5. You're going to see this here real quick. I'm going to finish in three minutes. Acts 1, soon as we meet you. Okay. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from where? But to wait for what? The promise of I should say wait for who? Because it's capital, capital P. The promise of the Father, which he said you have heard from me. So wait on the promise of the Father. Watch verse 5. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I like to say the Holy Ghost, not many days from now. So the promise of the Father is the Holy Ghost. Somebody shout the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. That's why we were singing to him tonight, because he's the promise of the Father. You know, he's a real person, right? He's not some side note from the Trinity. He's a real person. Okay? Let's read one more. Ephesians 1, 11 through 14. Ephesians 1, 11 through 14. In him also we have what? Obtained. Y'all looking down. We have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Verse 12, keep going. That we who first trusted in Christ should be to what? Verse Verse 13. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also you, uh, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Verse 14, let's finish it off. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance? unto the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. In other words, the Holy Ghost comes to seal you, but he's also the guarantee. He, in other words, the Holy Ghost is like the down payment on your full inheritance. All right. All right. All right. All right. Right. You know, you know if, you're going, if you're going to buy a house, you got to put down an earnest money deposit. Yeah. Whether well, you finance it or pay it cash, if you're going to sign a contract, you got to put some money down to show us you're really going to do this thing here. So the Holy Ghost is for us Not only our sealer and our keeper Our comforter But he's the the deposit The guarantee That we're going to get a full inheritance So so anybody who's ever experienced the Holy Ghost How could you go back? If you've ever experienced the Holy Ghost How could you go back to the world When you have this deposit? We used to say it back like this Oh what a foretaste Of glory divine, the Holy Ghost is a foretaste Of a greater glory that's going to come in your life And manifest in your life for all of eternity So listen, if you get filled with the Holy Ghost Don't be a crazy person and go back to the world Alright, let me read one last scripture Because here's what I want you to to, to understand Galatians 3.13 says Christ became a curse for us So I want you to understand That Jesus Christ took all the discomforts of the curse He took all the discomforts of the curse And gave us all the comforts of the blessing That's big He took all of the discomforts of the curse And gave us all the comforts of the blessing Now he wants us to comfort other people That's big did you catch what I just told you? Yeah. He took all the discomforts of the curse. Gave us all the comforts of the blessing. Now he wants us to comfort other people. 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4. We'll read that and we'll, we'll, we'll chop it up here for the night. It says, "Blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of what? All comfort. Now watch this who comforts us in all our tribulation. He does He does what? In all our tribulation. In how much of our tribulation? Just when it's spiritual? Just when we're grieving? He said all. How many of y'all ever had physical tribulation? You ever had marital tribulation? You ever had financial tribulation? He says all our tribulation. Watch this. That we may be able to comfort those who are in any. Now, wait a minute. So I'm supposed to comfort people, notice this, with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So when God comforts you, let me me just talk finances first for a moment. When God comforts you financially, that's the blessing of Abraham here. When God comforts you financially, It's so that you're comfortable, but so that now you can make someone else comfortable. Are you catching this? So when they have trouble, you can comfort them in any trouble. Any? So when you have received the comfort of the Holy Ghost in terms of physical healing, you can minister physical healing. When you receive God's comfort in terms of your financial well-being, you can minister to other people who have financial difficulty. Have y'all ever met anybody that had physical difficulty? Met anybody that had financial difficulty? Well, it's very easy for people, you know, when you walk in in faith and you walk in, you know, you understand healing, you can minister healing. But can you minister financially to people? Oh, y'all not saying anything. and, And can you minister to any trouble financially? Somebody's about to get evicted out of their apartment. Can you minister in any trouble? They're about to lose their home. Can you help them? Well, I can help them if they're hungry. I can buy them something to eat. Well, there are people, that ain't really trouble trouble. People, you know, they can fast just the same way you fast. If they had to. I'm not telling them we make them fast. I'm saying. But when people are losing something, Hopefully, y'all will be right by Sunday. Because y'all look at me like, I don't, who we talking to? Who we talking to? I'm talking to you. You rich person, you. God wants to use you to help people come out of their trouble. To be a blessing. You know the blessing of Abraham? You know what God told Abraham? I'm going to bless you, and you're going you're to what? Be a blessing. I got news for you. You can't do much of that, bro. So that's why the blessing of Abraham has to come on you. So not only do you have spiritually everything covered, but financially and materially you have things covered. So that when somebody comes to you and they're, they're in need, you don't just say, oh, karabashada, be warm, be filled in Jesus' name. I'm praying for you. Go in peace. Or you can say, how much is that? Okay, let me help you with that. Let me take care of that. How many of y'all want to be that person? How many of y'all want to be that kind of paymaster that God will, he'll, he'll show you a situation and say, take care of that. And I can bring comfort to someone in any trouble, deep. In any trouble. That's what God will do for you in your life. Amen. That's a rare life. That's a rare life. But that's the life he's called us to. That's what Peter said. We are called to be blessings. Amen. All right, I'm out of time. Give God a praise tonight if you receive the word of God. Come on, give God a real praise. Not for me. Give God a real praise for the word of God tonight. All right. That was the introduction, so we'll get into the message on Sunday. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God wants to comfort you. Yes. Make you comfortable. Are yes, oh, you saying my life is supposed to be comfortable? Yes. 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 I didn't say you're not going to have trouble. Because he just said he's going to comfort you in your trouble. I'm not telling you're you not going to have tribulation. I'm not telling you're not going to have that. But when it comes, he's going to comfort you. You know what Jesus called the Holy Ghost? The Comforter.
1: Which is the Holy Ghost.
0: When he has come, he's going he's gonna to guide you. The devil going to flash something in your face, flash something in your mind, and the Holy Spirit is going to say, No, nah, step to the right a little bit. Step over to the right. Move to the right. No, go, go, go around that. That's just, it's just fake. Don't worry about it. Don't, don't, don't let that get to you. Don't even let that get to you. Has anybody experienced that in your life? Yeah. The devil brings all his stuff. But because you're walking in and living by the Holy Ghost, He tells you just don't, don't worry. But just ignore that. He's throwing a temper tantrum. Ignore that. You know, you know that. That's that's how I was raised. You go know, a temper tantrum. You probably probably do it maybe once. You probably got a temper tantrum one time, because either your parents just simply ignored you, or tore your tail to out the frame. either, either way. Depend on where you did it, <laughs> you got away with one time. And all the devil's doing is throwing temper tantrums because he knows his time is short. He knows his time is short. Ignore his silly behind. He's a loser. Capital L. Capital O-S-E-R, too, to tell you the truth. A, I mean, he's that big of a loser, Amen. And uh, we are winners tonight. Thank you, Jesus, for what you went through for us, becoming a curse. You became a curse. I mean, it was that bad. You became a curse. You took all the brunt of the curse. Everything in Deuteronomy 28, every evil thing, you took it all upon yourself. You took the worst of the worst of the worst. For us. Thank you. Thank you. So that we can receive the blessing of Abraham. So that we can receive the promise of the spirit through faith. Thank you, Father, that we, will, we live rare lives. Rare lives. We're, we're moving out of commonality. Jesus, uh, Father God said to, to, to Peter, to not call anything that you've cleaned common. God, you've cleaned us. Father, you washed us. Father, you sanctified us. You made us holy. So we are not common people. We're totally uncommon. We're rare, peculiar, chosen, royal. Tonight, let us walk out and live those rare lives. And God, one of the greatest things that we desire to see happen is that when people look at our lives and see how we live and how we behave and how we even process through and navigate through, challenging circumstance through opposition from the enemy that they'll ask us what must I do to be saved and we'll have an answer ready we'll have an answer ready and we'll win men and women boys and girls everywhere to Jesus Christ our Lord tonight thank you for the word thank you for your precious spirit thank you for the time of ministry thank you, Lord. our ministering to you and you ministering to us Now, as we leave this place, we'll leave out charged and on fire with the fire of the Holy Ghost. We ask you to set our children on fire. Set our youth on fire. Set our babies on fire. Set our young adults on fire. Set set the adults on fire, God. Every one of us, set our hearts on fire with the fire of the Holy Ghost. So we'll be burning ablaze for all the world to see. And we thank you that it is so. In Jesus' name, we do pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Listen, we're back Sunday morning.